Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. I am fortunate to be joined today by Laura Langmire, a well-known wealth coach. She has several best-selling books. A speaker has appeared on Dr. Phil, CNN, The View, featured in the Wall Street Journal. And for us midlife women, she appeared in The Secret, which we all loved and we're all huge Oprah fans. We are so excited to have you here, Laura. Welcome to the new mid. Thank you. It's so good to be here because I'm in, uh, you know, the the new mid. I think I kind of helped redefine it. So look forward to our conversation. Oh, great. Well, you are here today to help talk to us about money and how to gain wealth in midlife. But before we dive into that, you grew up on a farm in Nebraska and now are helping make millionaires. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey and what drives you? So my journey, again, grew up in a farm, uh, a lot of siblings at 17. I actually don't know how I wandered into an event with Dennis Waitley. Um, I think I was skiing. Well, I know I was skiing in Canada and a bunch of my ski buddies were saying they were going to this event, as I kind of recall. But anyway, he gave away to the audience a book. I was thinking Grow Rich, Changed My Life, because here I am, farm girl with that psychology and thinking and like never traveled before. I mean, I just started traveling like at 15 and 16. and then think and grow rich. And it was like, oh my gosh, I found my people. Like it was that revolutionary. And then I started studying. So different than just setting the mind, I study people's balance sheets. Like how is it that so few people become millionaires? And so uh, what drove me and has driven me since that point, I got, I, I changed from being a lawyer in college. I got a finance degree and I've really committed my life to studying how people really become millionaires. How do they invest? What are their families, their corporate structure, their trust, like all of that. And yes, I took a big walk through the personal development and psychology space with Bob Proctor as my mentor. And uh, got, that's how I got in the secret was from Bob. And what drives me is making millionaires. It's not even the millionaires, uh, Michelle. It's actually the moment when the entrepreneur or you know the, the entrepreneur gets it or the mom gets it or the, the person gets it. It's like, oh my gosh, this can happen to me too. Like that is what drives me, that moment of the light bulb. Well, what's interesting is a lot of us women, especially in midlife, we have grown up fearing money. You know, I did not like any of the financial conversations that were happening in my household for whatever reason. And so I did in my 20s get a Charles Schwab book, but I wouldn't say I'm <laughs> I'm exactly that savvy with it. So what advice would you give to women uh that fear money. I know you wrote a, a book, Speak and Grow Rich for Women. So what advice did you have in there for, for fearful women? Well, you get what you create and you think about. So the more you fear things, the more you're creating things. And that is the truth. So I actually don't speak to fear at all. In fact, I don't speak to getting out of debt. It's a completely wrong structure. If you want to be wealthy, you will be in good debt. So if you think about a P&L on a balance sheet, you're thinking about the two L's, the loss, P&L, right? Profit and loss. You're thinking about the loss. You're thinking about liability, which is all you're creating in your life. You've got to think about income and assets. I don't care about if you're in debt. I don't care about what you did to yourself. I don't care if you got divorced 500 times. I probably had one of the most expensive divorces 
on the planet and rigorous and rough and in the courts and public and what a mess. So I've been through it all. And I actually started parenting as a single mom in 1999. Um, so my funny story about that growing up with a farm, you know, mother in Nebraska is, uh, you know, I called her, I said, I'm going to have a baby. She's like, oh, my God, how does this happen? You're not married. And I said, sex. And he's not going to be a dad. Oh, my God, are you going to move home? I said, no, I'm going to figure this out. And that was my pivotal. There's a lot of pivotal moments, but I can tell you that one was big. Because this is, I'm going to raise a little soul. I'm going to do it on my own, which I'm not doing on my own. Then it was, who's going to be my tribe? Who's going to be my home help? How am I as a woman? I was 34 years old, by the way, going to do all this. And I can tell you, it was my, not only my thinking, uh, but I didn't fear money. I created money. Actually, the first activity I did when I came up with that little blue strip was, how much money is it going to take? For me to live the life I want. I lived on a beautiful condo, uh, downtown South, like in Sausalito, California, which is right on the water. I had an amazing lifestyle and I wasn't going to change it. So for me, you know, I turned back to my company and I said, all right, company, we need an extra $40,000 a month because, you know, I got to buy for the first two years, two plane tickets and I didn't have a private plane then. Uh, but very soon after that, I bought a private plane and that's how I rolled. But again, I turned back to my company and notice women that I say, I am not going to create 40,000. The company is going to do it. And it was similar when I bought a plane. All right, company, I need another 50000 a month. And the demand of creating, which women are amazing created, we created these little souls out of our stomachs. Like, I mean, are you kidding? Like we create, it's in us. So the fear has just, here's what I would tell people just on a simple answer. Lean in and learn it instead of fear it. Like just understand it. It's not scary. It's like anything else you learned. I mean, you probably didn't know how to cook. You didn't sure in the hell we didn't know how to have a baby. We sure in the heck didn't have the best book to raise them. So like anything, learn about it and you won't fear it. What's interesting is you you bring up the fact that you were a single mom. And in midlife, a lot of us women are turning out to be single, whether that be through divorce or through death. And quite a few of us might not have a handle on what our financial situation is. And now all of a sudden, we're being thrown a curveball. Can you speak to that to us and how best to move forward in that situation? Yes, yes, yes. And I have actually created a program for women in that situation. It's called The Man Is Not A Plan. And I created it before I even was a mother. Because like in my late 20s and early 30s, for whatever reason, I think there's no coincidences, I was given a whole bunch of widows, right, where they married equally, you know, young, young, young marriage, long marriages, or, you know, could have even been, you know, one divorce. And but, you know, they were with a man for at least, you know, two long chunks or one long chunk of their life. And, you know, women outlive men, statistically, eight to 13 years now is the new statistic. So when you marry in the same age, you can have to grow up together. They just, you, your family takes on roles. I call them inherited behaviors. So I wouldn't say the woman's thrown it. The woman, I say this unconsciously, the family, that's how it happened, right? The man had the money or they created the money. The women, you know, raised the, did the household. However, they divided the tasks. I'll say it that way. But I can tell you, a man is not a plan isn't as fun as, you know, the title. It was really about a bunch of widows to that point, Michelle. They didn't know where their deeds of the house were. They didn't know where any real estate properties were. They didn't know how to even get the stock account. They didn't know half the questions I was asking them. Like, And then, you know, here's the constant. It was just heartbreaking is don't worry. I have my lawyer and accounting friends handling it. Well, the accounting friends, all they wanted were fees. So they would start selling off these women's property, which what does that cost? A huge tax burden. These women, I mean, year after year after year, it was the most heartbreaking couple of years of 
you know, and I, I swear, you know, everything comes for a reason, is I created this work for a family has to know its financial situation. Everyone's responsible. I'm very aggressive about putting money in the family conversation at home because these poor women had no idea. And they ended up in little tiny apartments because their tax burden was so was so big. They had to sell up their primary residence to pay it because their husband or past whatever's friends and lawyers and accountants were selling off all the assets, causing a huge tax liability. Believe me, I was in over my head coaching it, like looking back now, Michelle, like, how did I ever get through that? And I, I actually hired my own accounting lawyer friends to say, you know, actually, I didn't even hire them. I just said, I'll give you all the business with these people if you help me figure out what to do with them. Like, it was astonishing. So the message is, it is everyone's responsibility to know the money. Even if you're not the primary one making it, you need to know where it is. You need to know how to access it. You should be on every account. Your kids at 13 should get credit cards and debit cards, and you got five years to condition them properly. So I have a whole system for how to help women. And if it's just happened to you, here's the other thing I would say, so what, now what? I see a lot of mid women, and you know, too, they're left for the younger version. Right. And it's just a thing. So whatever that thing is, it's so what that's happened. Now, what do you want to do about it? And you know what I see is those women who choose their life come alive and create some of the most amazing work that was in them the whole time. They just for whatever reason didn't choose. So I don't again, like I have no drama about it, no regrets about it. It was what it was. But at this moment, choose and man, make it the greatest life that you want to make it. So what, now what? I'm going to be writing that down. That is fantastic. You have a lot of really good one-liners on your website too, like that. (laughs) A lot of Laurel-isms. So one of the things that you just mentioned, (laughs) one of the things you just mentioned is the family, having the family get into the financial conversation. Can you extrapolate a little bit more about that, what you're saying with our children? Absolutely. I just knew I wanted to do different. And I don't even go back and do all the family like blah, blah, blah. I didn't raise my parents did what they did, right? I had a fun, you know, I go back to Nebraska still. We're still my, you know, I don't even know five, six generations now on that family farm and it's just expanded. One of my brothers has taken it all over. So it is what it is. But you know what? They don't ever really listen to me either. I'm just their sister, right? I have a game. So, you know, my trajectory was up to a long point. I think a lot of people have chapters, but the chapter that was very transitional obviously was having being a single mom. And now I have a daughter. So my son's 21, my daughter's 14. And I made a millionaires on paper just because I wanted to just prove right from the Think and Grow Rich book that you literally like all this stuff works. So people say, well, you put your millionaire maker book out in 2006. Why are you doing 2021? And it's like, well, I had to make sure it worked. So I had to get my one, at least one kid through the mix. I, I had to make sure it happened. And at 18, I got him an LLC. And now at 21, he's my partner. His college, he's on a huge scholarship playing football in Georgia and academic scholarship. But there is that part of flying home that because we're partners, he gets to come home on a business trip to see his partner, his mother, tax deduction. And I'm going to go out and see him play spring ball, but I'm also offering the football team basic financial fitness. So I'm going to go train the team on what I teach with money, like basic credit card and credits and stuff that most kids aren't don't know. And it's going to be a business trip. So I have a whole structure for how to get your kids through college, not as a cost, but as a deduction, huge transitional, that's pivotal work that no one's wrote about. Um, especially Schwab, by the way, um, I had to <laughs> Look away, Michelle. Uh, but I start really when they're born. So you know, they say, um, 
to his football, his strength coach, he said, you know, my wife and I are thinking about having kids. And he said, oh, like my mom says, you should have kids that are tax deductible. <laughs> he said, I never knew if I was a deduction or she wanted to be. And that's kind of our family joke. But seriously, like I have clients who the minute they have their kids, they're employed, you get Roth IRAs. Like there is a structure financially that unfortunately the traditional firms don't teach. Our kids are geniuses. And we're the ones, typically parents are the ones who suppress them because we don't want to talk about money. I'm going to say we, I'm saying that in a generalization. I always talk about money. But so my encouragement to you listening, you women, start talking about money. And if you're actually, because I was a very, I was an older mother. If you were a younger mother and you have grandkids, talk about money. I have a game, my, just because I had the cash flow game. So my trajectory in 1996, I started working for four years with the Rich Dad Poor Dad group. And I was the master distributor of the game, the cash flow game. So I knew when I wrote books, I'd create a game. So in order, you should have these three games, Monopoly, cash flow, and the Millionaire Maker. And you play them in order. Start with the Monopoly because it's very basic. Then you go to cash flow, which is a little grown-up version of Monopoly. And then the Millionaire Maker is the big one because it has entities, corporations, charities, as everything that you have to do to become a millionaire. But I would say you want financial literacy in the home, put those three games at a kitchen table on a regular basis and just start the conversation. And if you don't know a lot about it, guess what? The games will teach you. Well, that's that's brilliant, actually. And we play the game of life as well, too. And they have, you get a lot of deductions for when you have kids in the game of life. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And the other one that's a problem solver game that my kids just love, but I like the thinking if you are thinking about it is Clue. There's some deductive reasoning in there that's very mental for kids. So, and then there's a whole bunch of games I would never recommend you even buy, but that's fine. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, it's interesting though. You did mention something about at 13, giving them a debit card and a credit card. Is that for them to build credit? No, because until they're 18, unfortunately, none of that begins. So as a parent, uh, and I've made parent, kids millionaires. So a lot of times, and I'm going to say this to what I say to transitional mothers, where you become the empty nester or you got laid off and you're in that moment going, do I really, do I want to start a company? Well, of course you do. Uh, yes, is the answer. You want to start a company doing whatever you are good at. I'm not going to say what you love to do, whatever you know you could do for today. I call it the 21st century lemonade stand. I don't even care if you start eBaying stuff out of your house. I don't care if you start just doing a little bit of trading your time instead of doing everything for free. Right, which is a lot of women just start doing free coaching and free counseling and all that. No free, right? Because I really want to train your brain to turn on money. So for the child or for the 13-year-old, it's responsibility and it's accountability. And at some level, I'm going to say it's safety, right? Because if they're out, you know, my daughter's extremely active in sports. I'm sure a lot of, you know, other parents are too. Their kids are, is if they are somewhere and they have to take a cab home, they can't legally Uber home. Uh, by the way, I figured out how to do a little bit of that. But I mean, just for an emergency, um, I want them to be responsible. They have to turn in receipts every week. They have to understand where money comes from. They have to contribute to a certain part of it. So I have a whole book coming out. In the meantime, I actually put together a gift basket and swag bag, I call it virtually. That we're going to give your audience, which gives them a little bit of a taste of that. Like one of the chapters and one of the uh, um, pieces I'm going to give your audience is called Never Pay Your Kids an Allowance. So an allowance is like a paycheck. So you're conditioning them to be an employee because there's no associated task, really, right? So you might say, well, I'm going to give my kid $5 a week, $5 a week, $5 for what? What did they have to do for it? And by 13, 14, they are highly accountable. In fact, I teach you how to take out insurance. Like I'm grooming them for 16, right? So I have a couple years of grooming them for 16. Now we have car insurance. And again, whether you pay for it or not, isn't the point. That somebody has to pay for it. 
And to have the kid blind to it is ridiculous. That's really bad choice. I'm not going to say bad parenting, but not good financial literacy. So at 13, I mean, actually, we start when they're born of checking a savings account, right? And so at 10, they get a car account. So at 10, anything they earn in which they put the money in the savings account, and then we actually put that into an investing account. But in the meantime, they have six years to earn their car. And then our rule of whatever's in it, I'll match. So like my daughter's so cute. She's like, she's got about 8,000 right now. She's 14. She's like, so mom, could I make an adjustment to our car account? And when I graduate college, because I really don't care about the car I have in high school, could I have like the real one then? (laughs) So she's negotiating. So bring this money conversation. And these kids are smart. They're online. They're being marketed to look at all the gaming stuff, you know, dollars here and dollars there that you let them buy, make them earn it, make them earn the 10, 20 bucks a month and never pay your kid an allowance is associated tasks, associated responsibility. You know, if I don't get receipts, guess what? On Sunday, I get the card. And now if they, you know, had it and like, she likes to go to whatever little Starbucks or whatever, she don't have a card this week. What they learn fast, they better start getting accountable. So I have a whole structure uh, coming in the book, but I have some chapters I'm giving all your guests. Oh, you can tell I love it. I could talk all day about parent kids. Well, I think that's fantastic, especially because they have consequences and they need to realize that their actions mm-hmm. have consequences, which is huge. I would love to go back a little bit. You mentioned this very briefly, really quickly, and this is a huge point, is you were saying that if you find yourself in midlife and you are leaving your job or suddenly don't have a job, that you should start an LLC, that your brain stop doing things for free, that your brain needs to associate money with that. Could you dive a little deeper into that? That was really interesting. And two, you went through it too quick. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. So we're trained, and I'm, I'm not picking, but literally the financial institutes, I mean, the system is trained from the Schwab's, the Fidelities, the traditional banking, Wells Fargo, B of A, wherever, like just traditionally we're trained, right? From the financial institutes to the occupational, like, or to the school institutes that, you know, getting a job is where money comes from. Is that work? What we're trained is that you go to work and you get money. That's not true at all. Money makes money out of money if you know about money. And I'm an expert in money. So I want you to associate how you are thinking and behavior, like what you do changes how you make money. So somebody's working, right? And even if your husband was working, right? For the women that were out there or your new partner or whatever is working. A job isn't where the money comes from. It just happens to be your choice for now, right? What I want you to associate are tasks, value. Like I produce enormous value in the lives of families and I get paid appropriately for that, right? So there's an association to tasks. Again, what I'm gonna start teaching your kids when they're younger. Here's what I just say about becoming an LLC or becoming a business at 18. It doesn't matter how much money you make. And a lot of accountants and a lot of the crap on the internet says, if you're not making a hundred thousand, it's not worth getting an entity. That's not true at all. If you don't have an entity, you're a sole proprietor and you get a Schedule C on your tax return, which is about 20, maybe 30 little deductions if you have somebody creative. When you're an entity, a C-Corp, an S-Corp, an LLC, and I'll give anybody a free session about what they should be depending on where they live. And I've done this all over the world. But being an entity is an intention to live your life, right? So when my son was 18, he became his own entity. So when he did ski lessons, because he's a national skier, so through high school, then he made you know 150 an hour. He put that money in an entity, right? Math and tutoring entity. So because of that, you can write off things called your car, your phone, this computer, women in very special circumstances, and I would zoom wardrobe, your home office, 
food, entertainment. There's some restriction around entertainment in the new tax law, but my point is, if you're an individual, you don't get the benefit of a lot of deductions. So if you truly, truly want to take advantage of what this, you know, especially in America, and even with things the way they are, it is extraordinary to be a, a proper business. And it just, there's also a psychology to it, Michelle, of I'm a company, where I think a lot of women start with just kind of little hobbies. And I know my mom, like when it was really tough in the 80s, she became a caterer. And she was doing wedding cakes for like different farm families because we needed extra cash because the crop uh, and the animal prices you know, were horrible. So I know it took years to get her to finally get an entity. But I'll tell you, when you get an entity, it's different. Now you own a company. You legally do. The way you structure your money, the way you structure your decisions, there's just a formality to the energy of it versus I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. There's no trying. You're going. And just, just a pivotal decision, Michelle, when women make it, Everything about what their business does changes. It's empowering. I mean, you just talking about Mm. that right now, I'm like feeling stronger. And I hope the women who are listening to this right now feel empowered and stronger. So thank you so much for that. If someone's having a difficult time getting started, they have this in their minds. It's sort of in the back of their, you know, gnawing away. They're in a job that they really don't like anymore. They're getting tired or they see the writing on the wall, but they're feeling a bit frozen. What advice would you give to them to get started, to get unstuck? Well, I'm going to gift them one of my books that will help, (laughs) but I can tell you, Welcome to the club, meaning getting started, especially if you're coming from an occupational world, like you've been employed for a long time. And let's just re- like be reminded, school designs you to become an employee, right? Like my son is in at Georgia Southern in finance and accounting and says to this day, mom, and he's in like his last junior, senior classes. I have never been taught in class what you teach. He said, I've been taught to be a finance manager, an accounting manager. He's getting his CMA. He's becoming, right, they're grooming him in every class to become an amazing employee for someone else, for a big five accounting firm right now, or for, you know, Wall Street. He's taking this class, you know, the Eagles on Wall Street. I mean, and he's just like, like he sees through it because he sees how how we've led our lives as an entrepreneur. But I can tell you, women... It is not just the challenge. It is the challenge to get started. Because when you're coming from that occupational mindset, the skill transfer to an entrepreneur, it's rough. I can just tell you it's not equal. It's just not there. So because you're not taught cash flow, you're not taught how to market, you're not taught taught how to sell. And somewhere in between marketing and saleswomen, it's going to feel like you're bragging about yourself. And a lot of you don't want to. Um, And I'm going to say, just cut all that BS. It is time to be amazingly confident. Like I didn't just grow up like this. I have been conditioned like this and have to become. Well, and I always say, I don't want you to fake it till you make it. I want you to act as if you're the expert you are and like become that today. Don't grow into it. Don't say, I think I'm ready. You're ready. Like the world's waiting for you. So just like get here fast, get incorporated. You can see how I mentor and coach. So I don't do a lot on the mindset. I mean, even though I've been highly conditioned, I got NLP and linguistics training. I get straight to the money. Like I do a challenge right now with my women where every day they have to make money. They have to. And I don't care how. And I had a whole bunch yesterday texting me like, can we have Sunday off? I said, hell no. Nope. No Sunday off. You're going to go sell something. It changes you. It changes you completely. 
But that that transition, here's what I say. Your first $100,000 as an entrepreneur for everybody, men or women or even kids, is the roughest, hardest money. And I'm not saying this, I'm just telling you the truth. It's the toughest money you'll ever make because we're conditioned to be employees. And here you are going, I have to make the hundred grand or my company, like how the hell do you even run a company? I haven't been trained how to run a company. And I can tell you mentoring and coaching, and it's not because I'm asking for it, even though it's what I do. I wouldn't have been here without my mentors and coaches. Like entrepreneurs have to lead entrepreneurs. There's no real school you get to go to for this stuff. We have to help each other get through that first part. The first part, I just, I acknowledge it, Michelle. I just say it sucks, right? Because you have to do stuff that is going to be, because you are, you're going to have to market, you have to sell. I mean, where are you going to get the money? It's just not going to drop into your wallet. Like right now we're doing this March, you know, luck versus intention. I said, I can't sprinkle, you know, like St. Patty's pixie dust on you. It's not going to help. You're going to have to go through this. You're going to have to figure out, I'll help you. Let's make some money. And as soon as you make money, then it gets easier. But I can tell you, you are correct. Those first steps, they can either start you or completely stop you. Cannot emphasize that. And it's not to like scare you. Just acknowledge it. All right, I got it. Just like if you were in a fitness training, you said, I'm going to go lose 20 or 30 pounds. The first few days suck. You got lactic acid. It's going to be painful. Guess what? The first few days of this are going to be painful. You're going to be like, oh my God, I hate this, Laurel. And I said, I know, but you want the goals. The eye on the goal, eye on the goal. Let's go. 100 grand, ladies. Come on. That's literally how I coach you. I have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> well, Laurel, this has been so much fun. I can't believe we're at the end of our interview. How can people get in touch with you? So I put together a fun swag bag. I call it my virtual swag bag. So it is just met Laurel because you just met me or you've re-met me. So it's J-U-S-T-M-E-T-L-O-R-A-L. You have to spell my name correctly. L-O-R-A-L. It's justmetlaurel.com forward slash new mid, right? So N-E-W-M-I-D. And inside there is my Millionaire Maker, which is like my signature book. The way to read it is find the story most like your family or your current situation. You will find yourself there. There's seven families that became millionaires. You're close enough. Pick one and then follow the plan. Then I have your Never Pay Your Kids an Allowance. I taught uh, an entrepreneurial training at UCLA with another amazing entrepreneur. Um, You'll hear that talk. It's hysterical. You talk about Laurelisms, talking to 18-year-old, 19-year-olds is awesome. And then put more cash in your pocket. So how do you get those first days started? Right. So it's just an amazing swag bag. I give you some real estate. I was a real estate gas and oil millionaire and ladies find a great place. I can talk to you about what to do with your money. Here's what's here. I'll give you the the most amazing news between men and women that I coach. I coach them fairly equally. In fact, probably more men than women actually, which is odd, but um, men tend to like find high level financing and invest faster than women. Women tend to use their credit card to invest. Do not use a credit card to invest. I'll show you how to do it properly. And then once you make your money, put it to work and invest it. Once you do that versus pay off debt, do not pay off debt with new money that I help you generate. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to throw in a ticket to my marketplace. I do this marketplace where people are guaranteed to make money online. I'm just going to throw in a ticket for all of the women to, uh, to go get a free ticket. It's usually 97 bucks. So I'm just going to give you a ticket because it's just going to be pivotal in how you think about the world is a marketplace because it is. But if you're not conditioned to think it, you're basically walking around consuming versus going, how can I create more for others? How can I help other people and men be paid for it? So I'm going to throw that in. That's an extra little bonus. We'll have to get that all tidied up and given out to everybody because uh, it will change your life when you see what I'm going to teach you in that marketplace. Because women are starting businesses faster because they are typically, especially upon divorce, the kids usually stay with the mom. So their need for the money is so much higher. 
Um, men hate that I say that, but it's true. And so here's what's interesting is women tend to move towards that six figure mark, but not to seven. Only 3% of women mm. on the planet go into the millions in a business. So I would just invite you women, come join us in the millionaire game. You want to change lives, make a million bucks. Why do you think it that changes, is? It's shockingly different. There is this, this, what I call inherited behavior of thinking they're the secondary income, right? For the family. And they've never had to be primary where I started as primary. So I started straight out as primary. I think there is some subconscious work around that, that a lot of women have to have. And I think a lot of women, honestly, they're scared to invest. It's just such a different, I mean, think about it. You mentioned Schwab early on, like Schwab Fidelity that, you know, give your money to a financial planner is what a lot of people have been trained. And it's not bad. It's not like it's a bad choice. I have money Schwab too, but it's not like the primary, like women tend to not run out and go, you know, do real estate investing groups. Some do, not enough. Not enough women uh, really get to where high, high, high money's made. I don't know. I, it's an interesting study. Maybe we should take on a little bit, but women, if you're going to go to six figures, go to seven. It's not that much. Here's what, here's what I would say. Your first six is the roughest six. You might as well go to a seven. You've already got the hard work done. The hard work's your first six. It is not going to seven. Six to seven is easy peasy. I can help you do that in a year. It might take a while to get you to that first six because this thing's going to get in your way. Amazing. Thank you so much. There's so much goodies in there. I cannot wait for everybody to download all this. All of the links will be in the newmid.com and wherever you're uh, listening to this podcast. So Laurel, thank you so much for your time and your inspiration and for helping us women become millionaires or just become more comfortable with money and making money. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Thank you.